Hello and welcome to Southside Church Podcast. For information about our church located in Cape Town, South Africa, go and check out our website, southsidechurch.co.za. We trust that the message would inspire you today. Today we start a series that I believe is a direction to our spiritual season, both as a community, but also as individuals, because we understand we are the church, meaning as much as it is being gathered together, it's personal and private to you. And so today I believe we're beginning to find clarity on our direction together in this spiritual season of our lives. So often we live in the human experience based on the timeline of our humanity. Then we react to things that happen within the boundaries of time and space. You know, we get overwhelmed by what's going on around us on the timeline of our human experience, and we forget that there are always spiritual seasons behind all our circumstances. Book of Proverbs says, a wise man knows which season he's in, so he doesn't miss his opportunity in the day of harvest. Although we can get overwhelmed with the obstacles on the timeline of our human experience, we must never lose sight of the spiritual season because there's opportunity even amid the obstacles. And so today I feel that we're beginning to give direction to the spiritual season that we're in. So for the next few weeks, we're gonna continue speaking into this and today I wanna begin and the series is called Devoted. Now, In 1943, American humanist psychologist Abraham Maslow published his theory of the hierarchy of human needs, with man's deepest desire at the top of the hierarchy pyramid being what he called self-actualization. It's the realization of a person's potential, self-fulfillment, seeking personal growth and peak experiences. Maslow describes this level as the desire to accomplish everything that one can, to become the most that one can be. It's about living a life that makes a difference. We all want to know that somehow our lives have made a difference, an impact that is bigger than ourselves. And as followers of Jesus, we're actually invited to fulfill that desire through our devotion to Him. The one who made the greatest difference for mankind through His death and resurrection. Yale historian Jaroslav Pelikan wrote, regardless of what anyone may personally think or believe about him, Jesus of Nazareth has been the dominant figure in the history of Western culture for almost 20 centuries. If it were possible with some sort of super magnet to pull out of history every scrap of metal bearing at least a trace of his name, how much would be left? It turns out that the life of Jesus is a comet with an exceedingly long tail. You and I can live lives that make a difference by following the one who changed the world, Jesus. The reason for Jesus' history-making work was his desire to seek and save the lost. Changing history, the trajectory of mankind, 
was driven and fueled by a passion to seek and save the lost. As Luke's gospel, chapter 19, 10 tells us, for the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. So Jesus came to throw himself into our sin in order to save us. Jesus came to make a difference, driven by the passion to come and dive into our sin and save us from it. That was the difference that he made. And the difference that we get to make through our lives is all about satisfying that desire of God's heart in seeking and saving the lost from drowning in their sin. This is why Jesus commanded us as his followers to continue his mission making a difference from Matthew's gospel chapter 28 verse 18 where he says to us, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, you now go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But the idea that I could make disciples for Jesus may sound intimidating and overboard and leave us with images of leading Bible studies with theological degrees or handing out little Christian booklets to people at the four-way stop. And then we kind of avoid it. We attend church. We maybe try to live good lives. But living a life that fulfills my need to make a difference may just seem a little far off. But that's not true. You see, when we think of what it may look like to live a life making a difference that would lead others to like this hope and salvation that is found in Jesus, we think about what we might need to do and we're like, there's no chance. But the reality is it's not so much about what you need to do as it is about who you are becoming. In Matthew's gospel, chapter five, verse 14, Jesus says of us, he says, you are the light of the world. He says, a town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither, neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. You can't do the light of the world. You become the light. In this scripture, Jesus spoke of our identity before our deeds. See, the light from your life that leads others to Jesus radiates, radiates from who you are before you do anything. Now, in the New Testament book of Acts chapter 2 in the Bible, it's described Jesus' mission and, and, and how his people were making a difference through the way they lived in community as the early church. And it tells us when they were engaging and becoming together in community that, that this happened. In Acts 2, 47, the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. It's like somehow, in the same way Christ did, 
they began to cast salvation in the midst of man's sin, making a difference the same way Jesus did. And the Lord added daily those who were being saved. Jesus, who came to seek and save the lost, now had his people continuing to live lives, making a difference in which the Lord could add daily to their numbers. Their lights were shining. So what was happening in the early church that allowed who they were becoming to make such a difference? To give you context, let's just start reading from a bit earlier on in the text from Acts chapter 2. So from verse 42 to 47, it gives us the context and it says, speaking of the church, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to breaking bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those that were being saved. The difference God's people made when the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved started with devotion, not deeds. It all started when they devoted themselves. You see, our devotion or the potential to live a life that makes a difference is determined by what we are devoted to. It's our devotion that is the foundation from which our lives make a difference. The word devoted here in the original Greek means to persist, persevere in, continue, steadfast in. The early followers of Jesus described in the book of Acts were persistent and steadfast in their commitment to one another. It tells us in verse 44 that all the believers were together and had everything in common. What they had in common was a commitment to each other under the teaching of God's word, in relationship with one another, breaking bread together, giving generously, eating together, praying and meeting in homes, unified not by agreement, but by commitment. If you're devoted, you're persistent in navigating conflict. You persevere in periods of discomfort, and you remain steadfast through the struggles, protecting the unity of the church, because that's what the word devoted means. See, It's not my pastor's devotion to me that determines whether my life makes a difference. It's what I devote myself to that matters. Albert Einstein said, nothing truly valuable arises from ambition or from a mere sense of duty. It stems rather from love and devotion towards men and towards objective things. Living a life that makes a difference requires devotion. 
And I know that as a local church that we have this outward vision to seek and save the lost in our communities. We believe that this year God has promised us that as we continue to serve him faithfully, we will experience lives that leave legacy. But the outward impact we will have on our community will start with our personal devotion inwardly. See, God always works from the inside out both in us as individuals and as a church body. And I believe that we are in a season of focusing on our personal devotion, building the foundations upon which we together will make a difference. We are in a season of intentional focus on our personal devotion, building the foundations upon which we together will make a difference. Foundation seasons are frustrating because the foundation always goes down before the building comes up. Foundation phases and seasons are like, it's like, (laughs) this isn't much fun. It's it's, it's messy. It's tiring. I'm sweating. It doesn't look as nice going down as it does when you build up. The foundation season can be a struggle. A time of frustration. It's a season that might be unglamorous and uncomfortable. It's digging in the dirt until we hit bedrock upon which we build. It doesn't satisfy our immediate desire for measurable results. But out of patiently preparing a strong foundation, we can build beyond ourselves. Matthew chapter 7, 24, Jesus says, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. We hear God's words speak of how the devotion of his people allowed their lives to make an eternal difference. And today we can, like the wise man, put that truth into practice through devoting ourselves in the same way as they did in the early church. It may be a stretch to devote yourself to regular teaching of the word. It may take some strengthening of will to pursue relationships among others in the church. It may mean not holding back, but letting go of comfort zones to give or require enlarging our thinking to press into prayer. And as I reflect on that, I'm reminded of the promise God gave us of the legacy of our lives From the start of this year, in which in Isaiah 54, we read the scripture, sing barren woman, you who never bore a child, burst into song, shout for joy, 
you who were never in labor because more of the children of the desolate woman, the promise of seeing generations than her who has a husband, says the Lord. Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes for soon you will spread out to the right and to the left. Your descendants, generations beyond us, will dispossess nations and settle in their desolate cities. Foundation building is frustrating. It may be unglamorous and uncomfortable. It's digging in the dirt until we hit bedrock. But maybe the enlarging, the not holding back, the lengthening and stretching is more about the depth of our devotion than it is about an external deed that should be done in this season. In Matthew chapter seven, verse 24 to 27, Jesus says, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice, sorry, I'm reading that to you again. And my notes are tripled up. As I said, maybe the enlarging and the stretching, not holding back, is not so much about us doing something externally as in this season, it is about increasing the depth of our devotion. You see, God always prepares us to grow into the promise instead of just going to it. And as we deepen our devotion, we will begin to see our lives make a difference as the Lord adds daily those that are coming to salvation. As we devote ourselves to same things the early church did. We begin building the foundation from which we will ultimately make a difference. Last week, we referred to Matthew chapter nine, verse 36, where Jesus responds to those that he wants to seek and save in a moment where he, he just sees this crowd of people. Tells us that when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. They needed to experience the salvation because they were drowning in their sin. And he had compassion and then he said to his disciples, the followers that were with him, the harvest is plentiful. In other words, there are so many so far from God, but the harvest is plentiful and ready, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Jesus doesn't pray for the harvest. He prays for his church and its people to be effective workers in the harvest. And as we saw with the early church, the workers in the harvest are effective not when they do more work, but when they deepen their devotion to one another. When they devoted themselves, God added to their number daily those being brought from the in, from the ripe harvest. It's not about doing more deeds, it's about deepening our devotion. Early 20th century evangelist and teacher Oswald Chambers said, our Lord's conception of discipleship is not that we work for God, 
but that God works through us. In the scripture where Jesus prayed, he prayed that our devotion as his people would deepen as disciples so that the harvest could be reached by him through us. And then he could add daily those who were being saved. And so, together, as we pursue God's promise of lives that make a difference, leaving a legacy, we start not by looking outwardly at what we are going to do to expand, but by digging the foundation of our devotion to one another. And we're going to navigate this stretch by letting go and not holding back, lengthening and strengthening ourselves over the next few weeks by focusing on some of the specific things the early church were devoted to and how we can deepen our devotion by following their example. In 2004, a survey called the Reveal Spiritual Life Survey was done in an attempt to understand what factors were vital to Christians growing as disciples of Jesus and not just drawing a crowd. The research was put into a book called Move, described by the president of the American Bible Society, Dr. Lamar Vest. Move answers the passionate plea of a church seeking to find its roots in God's word once again. As I read the book, it was interesting to discover that among the 25 most influential catalysts of growth that had come up in their research, each one of the specific areas to which the early church were devoted was mentioned. And so we will explore these each week as we all together go on the journey of deepening the foundation of our devotion for the greater things God's promised he would do through us. The day like we decided to confess our belief in Jesus as our savior by calling on him for salvation was the day we said yes to his invitation of eternal life, even though we had been sinners. But it was also the day we said yes to becoming followers of Jesus as his disciples. It wasn't just, okay, Jesus, uh, I wanna know you because I'm saying yes to eternity one day when I die. It was also saying yes to the invitation of being his disciple and following him today. Yet sometimes we don't grow further than the day of our decision. God wants to grow each one of us from the day of our decision into a disciple through devotion. Co-founder of the Bonhoeffer Project and author of Conversion and Discipleship, Bill Hull said, disciples do more than simply believe. A disciple is a follower. Many believed in Christ, few followed him. 
Few drop their normal life routine to become followers. Note that in the Bible, up to 500 followed him during the height of his popularity. Disciples made sacrifices to adjust their lifestyles to obey Christ. They were a breed apart. Moving from a decision to a disciple requires not so much doing religious deeds, but deepening our devotion. Because, primarily, because it's not primarily about what we do, but who we become. God has given us vision. He's given us the promise of lives that will leave legacy. That we could make a difference. That we would be given the satisfaction of a significant life as described by Marlowe in his pyramid of man's most intense need. God has given that to us. It's like here, your life can make a difference. What we must understand is that God grows us into what he wants to give us. God grows us into what he wants to give us. And so we, we, we know that there's a promise given. We know where we need to begin. It's as we focus on our devotion that we close the gap between what God wants to give us and through our devotion, building the foundation on which to take hold of it so that we can live lives that make a difference. And so today is not about leaving you with a cool concept. Today is about inviting you on a journey. And the invitation is for you to join me as we navigate deepening our devotion as the foundation from which we together can make a difference.